don't think it's this kind of curling, is it? No, no. I think it involves a rock on ice. So November 13th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Rice Lake Curling Club. Um, I understand they sometimes have popcorn there. Is that right? Is Craig here this morning? I, uh, Craig, Craig Smith told, told us this weekend at the Elder Retreat that they have popcorn there sometimes. So, uh, But, yeah, that's, uh, it's not, that's something you're interested in, ladies. All women are welcome. No experience necessary. You can contact Patty Smith about that. And then you can still get shoeboxes to fill up for Operation Christmas Child at the desk that's in the fellowship hall. So they've moved from the lobby into the fellowship hall, so don't miss them there if you haven't uh, gotten your shoebox to fill up for that yet. All packing items are due back November 6th. And then um, an, uh, another announcement every month, uh, Carmen and, and others kind of put together this prayer calendar here. So those are available, the November prayer calendar for the missionaries, both local and uh, around the world there. So we love to be um, praying for the different missionaries and the different ministries that Maranatha is partnering with. So grab one of those today uh, before you leave. And uh, last week, Pastor Aaron had mentioned that it's Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to just say, uh, biblically, I believe that pastors and elders are essentially the same role, even though sometimes as pastors we actually get paid to do this, and the elders are are giving of their time to serve the Lord in that way. So I just want to say a huge appreciation to our elders uh, that have served. So please join me in thanking our elders. Um, it's not easy being an elder and serving um, in the ministry. It's, it's a heavy responsibility. We just came away from a weekend um, spending time together as pastors and elders. And I'm going to invite uh, Jake um, to come on up, and he's going to share uh, a quarterly update about uh, what we're doing. And also, just Carmen has reminded me to remind you that any announcements we don't verbally announce, check your bulletins. There's more stuff in there as well, so check those out. Thanks, Jake. So I feel a little bit bad. Uh, Tony made reference to kind of an inside joke, and I hope I don't embarrass Craig too much here, but this weekend we were at a retreat center, and uh, through three or four closed doors and about 150 yards away, Craig could smell popcorn. It was unbelievable. He's sitting in the room, I smell popcorn. And we went through, literally, I think three closed doors, and way far away down many halls, we found popcorn. But it was, uh, we had a wonderful time um, to be together as elders and pastors uh, Friday night, uh, or Friday, I guess, pretty much all day, and then Saturday until uh, I got home last evening. Um, of course, it was my job to uh, kind of present something for uh, today, so uh, after I got home, I started writing something up, trying to give a little bit of time to my family, and about 10 o'clock, I sent this email to Tony, and I said, hey, can you take a quick look at this and, and give, me any, uh, give me any edits or anything, so Tony uh, graciously decide, uh, did that for, for me as well. So anyway, I just want to um, give you a few updates. We have had kind of two major things happen over the last uh, four or five months. So um, we'll, I'll kind of go through first what happened this weekend and, and some of those things, and then also some things that we've covered over uh, the previous few months. So um, I'm just going to kind of read here because I don't want to forget uh, different things that we have highlighted. Um, over the course of the last 30 hours or so, uh, just on Friday and Saturday here, we uh, had, as elders and pastors, had many uh, wonderful conversations. Uh, during this time of refl reflection and growth uh, for the elders and pastors. And it was really exciting to hear passions come out about different things uh, regarding uh, our church and, more importantly, our relationship with Christ. 
our, our central focus for the weekend was just kind of planning or, or looking forward. Where, where do we see ourselves in one to five, one, the next one to five years? What's our mission? What's our goal? What's our vision? What do we want to be accomplishing uh, in the near term and then over the next few years? And the great news is there are many, many, many ways where we're already doing everything that we want to do for the next one to five years. There are so many areas that we have, and we have so many ministries that are doing so wonderful in those areas that we, we don't feel like there is much change needed. There are some ways, though, we do feel we need to improve upon our mission to make disciples of all generations. We've discussed many different ways to fulfill this mission, and it was wonderful to see the Holy Spirit work uh, through this time of, of uh, conversation and sharing. Um, and we, I really feel like we've left that meeting unified in, in kind of the direction we feel like we need to go. We're still kind of finalizing how that's going to look and, and exactly how that's all going to work out. And uh, when we have everything kind of finalized and any, any details to share with you, uh, we will do so. Uh, prior to that meeting, um, probably I think it was August and September, we met maybe four times uh, during those two months. We'd meet for a while, then we'd take a little break and meet again. Um, we, we basically rewrote the entire elder and pastor policies. Um, this is not my strong suit, my forte. I've never done this before. I've never rewritten policies. Uh, so this was a brand new thing to me. It was a struggle uh, to, to be a part of that, to um, uh, parse over one word. Why are we using that word? And, and uh, we would have these long conversations, a 15, 20-minute conversation. Okay, do we use this word or do we use that word? Or do we take this three-word phrase, three phrase and do we put it up here or do we leave it down here? Um, so uh, it was uh, very difficult. Um, I, on some level, enjoyed it, but on lots of other levels, I didn't. Um, but uh, I feel like when, we, when it's all said and done, we've got um, very well... Uh, written policies and and one thing I will say that really came out of this time was we understand that we can have the best written policies if our um, if we don't approach each other with grace and humility it doesn't matter so we're we're glad we have the policy changes done we have sent those off to the district for review we did that um, end of September uh, and we have got, we got one small note back from, I think we sent it to four different people. We've got one small note back from one person. Everybody else uh, either hasn't written us any changes. Uh, so I think we're pretty comfortable with where we are as far as the policies goes. There will also be a couple of bylaw changes that are very important uh, for us to address as a church. Uh, we have, have do, do not have those finalized. Those will be finalized this month. They'll be uh, middle of November-ish and then um, in December. They will be sent out to all of the uh, members and um, uh, the regular, I think everybody, regular tenders, everybody, whoever gets an email will get the bylaws, is that, is that right? It will be, we'll be voting on the bylaw changes. That's a congregational issue. So we'll, we, we want to give you plenty of time to review those. So our plan is to vote on them January 29th. We'll have a representative from the district here as well that day. Um, so we're going to send those out kind of uh, mid-December, early December, mid-December. Uh, for you to review and then vote on in January. We'll have a special meeting. Uh, one other thing that we recognize is that we still have some work to do as, as elders and pastors, and one of the areas that we need to do some work is uh, listening to concerns, better addressing uh, disagreements and conflict, uh, and, and making sure that that process is um, better handled with a little bit more grace, and then also 
um, that we kind of close the loop when people have uh, concerns or disagreements, that we don't just let those things linger, that we, we come around them, we try to figure it out, we try to get some closure to those things. And so that's an area we need to improve, and we will uh, continue to, to do that. Um, so this is for all of us um, in all that we do as Christians, inside or outside of the church, our chief end is to glorify God. So it's my prayer that the leadership of this church now and, and into the future will always have God's glory at the forefront of the decisions we make. So with that, I'll invite Pastor Cody up. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. This right here is our foundation. Amen? And I love how the Lord has, has given us this word so we can know Him, grow in Him, and glorify him and as jake mentioned go even going through the the policy aspect which just has in the past been very cumbersome cumbersome when it comes to like the role of pastors and elders and all it's just it just kind of throughout the years it just like things seemed to be added on or whatever just didn't seem coherent enough and as we went through that it was it was hard laborious but and and one thing that he didn't mention that he's mentioned before at our meetings is yeah, that was fine. We got that. I think we got that nailed down. But most importantly was the process that we had together, working together in unity. That was great. That was almost greater than writing it and getting it all nailed down. So I just want you to know that, again, we are at this beautiful spot right now with the pastors and elders and leadership and staff and just, it's wonderful. There's beauty in unity, Amen. Amen. So let's just take a moment and pray over all that's been going on. So Father God, we come before you and we thank you. And we are grateful, Lord, that you, Jesus, died for the church. There's great value in the church. And it's important that we have the church, that we gather together to worship and celebrate you. And we thank you for Maranatha. We thank you for the history, the longevity of this church. And I especially thank you for what you've been doing the last year, year and a half. It's been so beautiful. It's been hard. It's been unique. It's been difficult to think through things and just look at different personalities. But ultimately, you've been bringing such joy and unity. And out of that, Lord, there's been such great healing. And we thank you, Lord, for your work, your hand. And just help us be better leaders. Help us be better sheep to you we pray in Jesus name amen 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 so today is a great day today is get ready for it if you're new just kind of look around as people respond in this unique way but today is family celebration Sunday woot woot so yeah you're probably like what in the world is going on so what we like to do is every couple Sundays uh, throughout the year usually it's the fifth Sunday most most months have four Sundays, but on the fifth Sunday, we might change it up in the future. What we do is we like to have a special time where we gather together as a church, where we cancel our Sunday school, we cancel all that's over there for second service, because we like to be together. And one of the great things I think that's um, st the strength of our church is we're reaching all generations for Christ. So we're a church that doesn't have a demographic that is just for 20s or 30-year-olds or 40s or 50s or 70 or 80, you know, or just kids that are running around, you know, we, we want to reach all generations, which is awesome. Because when we get to heaven, it's not going to be like, 
How old are you? Okay, you go in that room and worship. What denomination were you part of? Oh, you're Baptist. Oh, you go in the quiet area. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, you know, it's not going to be like that. We want to celebrate and worship together. And as you know, we love it as a church when we have children in our church service, either first or second service. We love it when we have kids here. So we are a church of all generations. But at times, that's a little hard. That's hard because there might be a little crazy person in the back row that's crying or whatever, and that might be your spouse. I don't know if that's a kid or your spouse, but it can get hard and loud sometimes. And it can be hard because sometimes we have worship songs that all the young kids love and enjoy. And if you're older, you're like, I don't know that song. Why are we singing that song? But you're part of the redeemed, and that's a song of the redeemed. Or there might, kids, there might be this thing called a hymn. It's a hymnal. You might not know what that is. And we're singing this great old classic song of the faith. And we want to do this together. So we're excited about this Sunday as we get to celebrate together and worship on Family Celebration Sunday. So at this time, we're going to have Pastor Tony come up and share a little bit more of what this is like and what we've been doing for Family Celebration Sundays. Yeah, so as Pastor Cody said, uh, you know, this is a tradition we've been doing for a while. I I don't remember actually what year it was when we started. I was kind of looking back on that, but we've been doing this for a number of years. And one of our goals today is to strengthen the connections between adult, the adult generation and the not-yet-adult generations, right? So those who are younger, um, elementary through high school, basically, or even preschool through, through high school, along with the adults. Uh, we value families worshiping and growing together in a corporate gathering of the church, right? This is not... This is, is, is referred to as a church building, but right, we are reminded that we actually, the people who are following Christ together, are the church. And so we gather as the church. We don't gather at the church. We, we use that terminology, but encourage you to, even in how you talk about it, talk about we gather as the church corporately together to worship because, you know what, tomorrow we're still the church. We're just scattered around a little bit, Right. Um, and the rest of the week, we're still the church in Barron County. So we value a gathering together, uh, worshiping together through hearing the, the word preached, hearing uh, and singing songs of worship, responding in worship together. And so we, we love that. We love worshiping together. And children and youth are always welcome in our service, not just on Family Celebration Sundays, but always, right, every Sunday we encourage families, if possible, to come together to first service and then to go uh, for kids and youth to go to Sunday school over in the other building. But we also do value that. We do value age-appropriate teaching. We do think that there is a time and a place for that. So we are blending, try to, we try to blend those things together. We're not just all one or the other. I do have heard about, uh, I've heard of a church before where a family had come to visit and they had some younger children with them and they came and, and they were strongly discouraged from bringing their rugrats into the worship service gathering because they have programming for them. No, 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 we've got a spot for your kids to go. Like, you know, this is our first Sunday, our kids don't know anybody yet, like, we'd just rather have them with us. And it was almost, 
almost like it wasn't allowed. Um, and, and so that's not, that's not what we're about. That, that's maybe how some other churches do it because they don't want distractions. And we understand, I, we've had kids, and when our kids were young, we often sat way back in there, so there was the easy escape when the kids are fussing and crying and coming up with all the little ways of trying to help keep them engaged or at least help to keep them quiet. So, but even if a kid is young and they may not fully grasp um, all of the big words that Pastor Cody might sometimes use, they're still gaining a tremendous amount being here, present with mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters in Christ, the church family, seeing mom and dad engage with the sermon, seeing them worship God through song, and maybe every once in a while the Scandinavians allow a little emotions out, and they could see that, and it's okay, it's good, it's a beautiful thing, right, for us to do that together, but we also value the age-appropriate um, teaching, too, that we have an opportunity for. And we, I just want to say a thank you as well to those amazing, wonderful teams of adults who faithfully and sacrificially invest into the lives of our sons and daughters, pointing them to Jesus week after week in, in youth Sunday school and youth group and kids Sunday school and Awana and any other program that we put on here. So, so this is a tradition we started a number of years ago. It typically takes place in a month when there's a fifth uh, Sunday, and when that happens, you know, we, we pause that age-specific programming. We gather together as all generations, as one body, as the church, to meet together with the one true God. And this sometimes, as Cody mentioned too, it sometimes means it's a little noisier than, uh, than normal in here, and that's okay. So we encourage you to be extra gracious on, on these uh, Sundays as well. Um, and so we welcome that as parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, uh, together with the rest of the church, we're working to invest into that younger generation, helping them learn and grow and hear from the Lord. Um, and again, a lot of times they get a lot more out of it than we may assume as, as adults, right? So, so ask, ask the younger generations afterwards, like what they got out of the sermon, what they enjoyed through the worship song time uh, or anything else. There's other aspects of the worship time we share together. So thanks for joining this morning, uh, whether you knew you, what you were getting into this morning, showing up or not, um, but we're glad you're here. And, and uh, we have, we, as part of what we do as well, we like to do a kids, at least one kids, kid friend, more kid-friendly song. I think a lot of the regular songs we do, our kids love those, um, but Miss Kimmy, I believe, is going to come. All right, there she is. So Miss Kimmy's going to come and help lead us in a, in a fun, kid-friendly song. A hymn. There we go. We're going to sing a hymn Wonderful. Yeah. For a moment. Uh-oh, he gave me the microphone. Um, yes. So we're actually going to sing a hymn from your hymnal, kid style. So if I have any littles or not-so-littles out there that want to join me, we just introduced it. This Good morning, Robin. <laughs> we just introduced it. We welcome all here. Yes, we just love people just where they're at. Um, if I have any littles, I think Mr. Elijah was going to come up and help me. And uh, who's over there? Miss Brooke, would you come up and help me? Yes, come up. Yes, thank you. Layla, thank you. Yes, Jada, come on. I need some help. Yes. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Miss Katie. Thank you. Yes, good. I can't see who that is in the sunlight. Oh, yay, good job. Thank you. Good job. All right. So we're going to sing a hymn called No, Not One. It's actually back from, I should have looked it up. It's from a very long time ago. And uh, it's done to, oh, yeah. Thank you. It's done child style, meaning lots of energy. Not that I grew up in a church where we sang the hymns straight, and I loved it, and they're still solid in my heart, but I definitely love to wiggle, so this is the meat in the middle. Are you ready? People must know that out there. 
All right, you may be seated. Well, maybe I should have you stay in the whole time. No, just kidding. You can be seated. <clears throat> that was great. All right. So take your Bibles and go to Mark chapter 13. We are still going to continue today in our series with Christ in the School of Discipleship. And what we've done, we're, we're uh, kind of taking Mark chapter 10 and we've kind of, we're going kind of backwards and we'll go to the end. We're kind of just all over the place in this chapter, primarily so we could land on this section for us today, Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 13. And if you look at this section, what's before, what's after, it's interesting that the way Mark has kind of laid this out as we're looking at discipleship, he is looking at discipleship in family units and talking about family structure. Right before this, if you see, this will happen in two weeks, we're going to be looking at the concept of divorce. Biblically, what is divorce? And Jesus deals with that. So he's looking at family structure here, divorce. And then today we're looking at children. Next Sunday, I encourage you, we're going to be looking at holy sexuality. And we're excited about that for this coming Sunday, coming up, but also Saturday. I know some of you might go, you know, I'm well grounded in the Word. I understand, you know, that there's, there's men and there's women. There's, you know, uh, the, the culture's going that way. But I, I understand biblically. I'm, I'm, I'm set in my ways. I understand it. Please come Saturday. It will be great to hear biblical understanding of how God has designed us the way he's made us, not how we want to be, for his glory. Amen? So I encourage you, come next Saturday. Unfortunately, I'm going to be a little late. I've got another funeral to be at. My, my stepbrother passed away, so I'll be in Appleton, and then I'll be coming back. But uh, So we are at this place here, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Kind of like a focus on the family. Anybody ever heard of focus on the family? There are great resources that we have, and we're going to be giving you more resources as families. In fact, if you look at our resource center on the back wall, we are, like Tony and I got this shirt, Disciple Maker. Our church is about making disciples who make disciples, and we want to help families do that. And we've got a whole resource center with a bunch of pamphlets. We've got like 30-some. Wherever you are in your family life cycle right now, where you're at, we've got stuff for you. So we are at this section here. Verse 13, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. So here Jesus is doing his ministry. As we've seen, he's been on the shoreline. He's been on hillsides. He's been in a boat. He's been all around. He's been in people's homes. We've seen him heal. We've seen different things. And we've seen him interact with children, taking care of children. And at this time, again, we see discipleship failure here. Because the disciples are all about being important. Even though they failed a couple times, they want to be important. They want to hang around important people. And in their minds, they've already classified who's important. And based upon this time, the first century here, Palestine area, children were not important. Having children might be important, it says in the Old Testament, blessed is a man whose quiver is full. Having a lot of children is great. But for them, society was like children. They're good maybe for getting some jobs done. If you grew up on the farm and you're old, you understand what that's like. 
getting jobs done, but other than that, they're not really important right now. When they get older, then they'll be important in society. So the disciples are kind of like, don't bring kids here. Bring fancy people. Bring the rich. Bring politicians. Bring the religious rabbis so they can understand who the Messiah is. People start bringing Jesus little children. They bring children to have them have Jesus talk to them. And they're like, no, get these kids out of here. Who's important versus who's not important? Unfortunately, church can be like that. Who's important in this room? Please listen. All of us have been created in the image of God. Everyone has equal importance and value in God's eyes. Amen? Amen. Don't listen to society that says, oh, this person here is more valued because they have so much to give to society. Where this person, they don't. Often I get phone calls. It seems every week I'm getting phone calls from law enforcement as their chaplain throughout the county. Please help us with this person. We don't know what to do. They're frustrated with them because either they're, they're a homeless person or they've got some mental issues or they're on drugs. And law enforcement is just like, we are done with this person. Give Cody a call. He'll figure something else to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. But here's what I always say in earshot of everyone, whether it's at the hospital, whether it's at someone's home, I let that person hear me say, even though maybe they can't understand what I'm saying because of drugs or whatever, you have value and dignity. All of us have value and dignity. Right now, I'm the pastor. I'm not the most important person in the room. Larry's in a wheelchair. He was a pastor for 40 years. I have much to learn, right? Who's more important? Oh, we have value and dignity because we're made in the image of God. Here, the disciples are going, no, get rid of the kids. Uh-uh, they don't have any value or dignity. Who's valuable? Children are valuable. He said to them, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. Oh, sorry, I missed part. When he saw this, he was indignant. He got angry with them. because He's like, no, no, children have value. They're part of the kingdom. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He accepted them. He welcomed them. And we want to be a church that welcomes children, welcomes people who some in society think, well, they're not as valuable. They don't have much to offer and gain for our church. Well, that's the wrong thinking. Children have great value in the kingdom. And it says, he says this, like a child, children have humble trust. There's much we could say about this, and we see that at times children can be squirrely and get in trouble and stuff like that, but I love how they have that simple trust. And we'll talk more about this as we get to the end of chapter 10. 
Then look at verse 16. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Adults, grandparents, children, would you be willing to touch someone who isn't valuable to our society, who isn't important to what people would claim to be important? Remember about a month ago, there was someone who was really struggling in their life, and they were sitting down, and they were about to throw up, and there was just some bad stuff happening. And people were around, but everyone kind of stepped back. Ooh, I don't know about this person. But I thought, you know what? I remember I sat right down next to them. And I thought, I might get some germs, and this smell isn't maybe the best. What Jesus does is he takes the children and he puts them in his arms. And he puts his hands on them and bless them. I'm excited about today. Pastor Aaron's going to come up and talk a little bit more about the children ministry and the importance of that. And then Pastor Tony will focus mainly on that last part. Good morning. Well, you know, since Pastor Aaron is here, there has to be a, a reward of what, Rachel? Candy, absolutely. So uh, in college, uh, my major was children and family ministry, and it's actually at Moody Bible Institute. It is one of the hardest majors on campus because we have uh, the most required reading. We have uh, harder expectations put on us. In, in one semester, uh, just for three of my classes, I had over 15 books I had to read. One semester, 15 books, just for the children and family ministry courses. So why do we do children's ministry? Why do we do it? Well, first off, I don't know if you've noticed, but not everybody learns the same way. Have you noticed that? I learn different from Cody and Tony, but somehow we've come to the same conclusion of what we want for discipleship as, as we're leaders here. But kids learn very differently from adults as well. And that's one of the things we like to focus on because they learn differently from us. It's actually the reason I chose children and family ministry because it's way easier to teach a kid the Bible than an adult because they have that humble trust. It's way easier to get past a, a child's stubbornness than an adult's stubbornness. Also, the, one of the reasons we do children's ministry is because I, I remember when I first got here, I had a family tell me they don't do Awana because we, the, the Awana focuses too much on, on fun and games. And I was like, imagine the audacity of me wanting to have fun learning the Bible. Wanting a child to learn scripture and rewarding them for that. Wanting to teach community in a way that they can understand. If, you've, if you don't think reading the Bible is fun, you need a big old heart change. So we're going to do a little bit of learning this morning. I want to give you some insight as to, uh, you've heard me preach, but not many of you have heard me teach as I, as I would in Sunday school. So I want to give some insight to that. So we're going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm 119. And for this, I'm going to ask Pastor Cody and Tony to hand out 
uh, to our kids, uh, Rachel and Abigail and Elijah and, and Tom and Ethan, could you guys come help pass some candy out? That's all you got to do. Just come up. Pastor Cody's got it for you. Who remembers? This is an older candy. It's called Bit O Honey. You guys remember that? You guys remember those? All right. So so we're gonna we're gonna pass these out. Everybody everybody take one. We're gonna do a little bit of object lesson. Jake, I'm not listening to your dentist talk. Sorry. I will give a warning. Please do not just bite into these. <laughs> Please suck on them for a while. But go ahead, hand, just go and, and hand them out to the congregation. Once you get it, you can open it and go ahead and, and pop it in, suck on it, have some fond childhood memories of, of Halloween or, or trick-or-treating or maybe grandma's house. This was one of the, this, this candy always reminds me of our old church secretary always had these on her desk and I, when I would come in. And we're going to read some scripture together um, because I want you to understand the reason I teach children differently than I might teach you, but I can teach you in the same way. So we're going to read uh, a portion of Psalm 19 together. And starting in verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law, meditating on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. And I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Some of you have that in your mouth right now, and it's, it's making you salivate, isn't it? You, you have it in there, and it makes you, and once you finish that, even, you might not like the candy, but if you enjoy it, you probably want another one, don't you? You're salivating. You are salivating for more. That is what the psalmist is trying to explain about God's word. Is that just like this candy is, is sweet to your taste, that the little drop of honey is sweet to our taste, it, it makes us long for more, God's word has to do the same thing in our lives. It has to. It's sweeter than honey. When we read the word, we shouldn't we should be so excited. We should, it should be a fun thing to read God's word. We should be uh, doing it in community. We're like, have you, have you read this? We, we, there, there was an individual at, at Cody's Bible study, and, and, and they said, what? hey, why are, these, why are these words in the New Testament read? Hallelujah. And they're like, Cody's like, let me tell you why they're read. <laughs> Absolutely. A hunger, a thirst a taste for the very words of God because that's what we have in front of us today. And that's what we try to convey in our children's ministry. That's why in Awana we have them memorize verses. If you've ever been in our Sunday school, that's why myself and Suzette take many hours preparing lessons that are straight from the word of God. Even in Sunday school, we don't really do topical Bible studies. We do what we call exegesis. What's in the word is what we are going to teach. I don't, I don't plan out what I'm going to teach, be like, you know, it'd be really good to teach on grace, and then go through the Bible and look on grace. It's like, no, let's go through a book of the Bible and see what it has to say, or follow a theme throughout Scripture, because I want our kids, and I want you to understand how sweet the Word of God truly is. And now I'm going to invite Pastor Tony up to share a little bit more about blessing the little children. All right, thank you, Pastor Aaron. I don't have any additional candy to add, so that's it for today. 
Excuse me. What did you say? Bless you. Why do we do that? Right? We, we say, bless you. I just wanted you to think about that for a moment. Why do we say, bless you? I've heard things about, about why we do that and the history behind it, but I did look it up a little bit to see, and I found one thing that said that uh, that phrase itself, it's been around for perhaps like a thousand years or whatever, people like making some sort of pronouncement of blessing over sneezing, you know, and coughing and other things. They don't get that, they don't, but, but sneezing, you get that. Um, so sneezing, the phrase, God bless you, is attributed to Pope Gregory the Great, who uttered it in the 6th century during a bubonic plague epidemic. And apparently sneezing was a, a symptom of one form of the plague during that time. And so uh, the, the exchangeable term, what's the, what do the Germans say? Gesundheit or something like that, right? It comes from Germany and it literally means health. And this idea is, is that a sneeze typically precedes illness. Um, and so entered into the English language early part of the 20th century. Others, you know, have this belief that there's this superstition that when you sneeze, there's something happening with your soul and your spirit, and that you're vulnerable to spiritual attack, and so people would pronounce a blessing over you. Others believe that your heart actually stops beating. It doesn't, apparently, when you sneeze, but that was a misconception some had historically as well. So these different reasons, but it's this, this idea of bless you. In our, in our passage, it talks about blessing here as well. Uh, but another thing, when I think about blessing, uh, Michelle is from, grew up in the, in the Philippines, and in Filipino culture, I think I have a picture maybe to go with this. If you have a, a Lola, a grandma, or any elderly person who is among your grandparents' generation, you, they, would, they would stick, when you would greet them, they'd put their hand out like this, and you'd grab it as someone who's younger, and you would press it against your forehead, and that was called, and you'd say, bless. And so there's this blessing that you're pronouncing, in a sense, towards the elderly. It's a sign of respect. So as we think about blessing, what, what is this? What does it mean to bless someone? You know, and it's, it's kind of strange when we say it, but when people sneeze. Uh, but we're, we're pronouncing something towards them. And so we wanted, I just wanted to help us reflect on that a little bit. In Mark 10, 16, it says, And he, referring to Jesus, took the children in his arms... He placed his hands on them. There was this physical touch element, and he blessed them. So we don't have the exact words that he said in that pronouncement of blessing, uh, but that's not a new thing here in the New Testament. It's not the first time we see blessings happen, right? Um, So as we continue to think and reflect on what does it really mean to bless someone, I also want to turn our attention back to the Old Testament, In the Old Testament, we see numerous examples of fathers, often, pronouncing a blessing on their children. And it's often at the end of the father's life, as they're about to depart uh, this earthly life, and they're pronouncing a blessing that's kind of a, it's not a a prophecy of their future per se, but it's a, a wish, a blessing from God that they want to pour out onto their child that they're hoping for that for God's blessings and into their life into the future. And again, I want to be very clear on this, is that there is a movement today called Word of Faith Movement. If you hear things about that, I would caution you very strongly to run away from it. It's, a, it's, it's I think, false teaching, but it believes that we as Christians can pronounce this blessing in this sort of like 
magical way, and if you name it and you claim it, then it's going to happen. And as, as Christians, that we can just claim all sorts of things, and if you believe it enough, that then all of a sudden it will happen, and it will become true. And so you would pronounce, and this happens in certain churches, where they will do this over one another. They'll pronounce wealth upon one another, that you're going to be rich, and you're going to have all these, and, and when COVID comes, like, it's not going to touch any of you. And, and when, you know, cancer, nope, it's not going to touch you. There's just this pronouncement, believing that we have this, this power, almost a magical power. So I just want to be very clear that when we look at the biblical pattern of blessing, that's not what's happening here. It is, it is praying to God, calling upon God, asking Him humbly to bless others, right? And so here at Maranatha, we, last year, we walked through our faith path, and we have uh, each month we highlighted one of the items on the faith path. I have a few slides um, that will show. So from our website, actually go back, um, I think there's one with the homepage, maybe one, one other one. Is there one more slide that shows the very, like, home page? Um, no. Okay. So if you go to our website, um, at the top, there's a tab that says Faith Path. So if you click on that, then you'll go ahead and go to the, then you'll get to this page, and it has, there's different elements on it, but you click on the one that says Faith Path, um, or I think it says Faith at Home and the, on the home page. Faith at Home is the broader umbrella, and then Faith Path is a subcategory of that. So then you get to the next slide, um, which is then uh, what the, the Faith Path page uh, will look like. And so that's a place where you can find that there is a milestone on the Faith Path on blessings. And there's a book resource that, that goes along with this as well. It's called The Blessing by Gary Smalley and John Trent. Any of you read this in the past? Okay, a few of you. Okay, so uh, that's a, a resource there that is recommended. But we also then have, and I'm going to ask if we can get a few helpers again, uh, a few uh, of the younger generation, maybe, if you can come help. Um, these are one, we don't have enough for every single person, but maybe like one per family, or if there's a few people that can share them, we want to have a few left over for second service as well. Uh, but this is something that uh, you can access, you can print off also uh, from the website. Uh, and if we run out of these uh, today, we can definitely get you more. But I want to walk through a couple things on here, but this is the faith path that's specifically about blessings, affirming your child's value. And so as they're passing that out, I'm just going to read a couple things from here, not the whole thing, but just a few items to highlight uh, from the brochure on, on blessings. And it says, what is the blessing? The blessing is a powerful tool with which we communicate acceptance and genuine commitment. The word comes from the ancient practice of weighing coins on a scale to determine value. Blessing someone adds value to his or her life. We see in Scripture the word bless or blessing used almost 700 times. So this is a very biblical practice, right? The Bible also gives us great evidence that our God is a God of blessing. We receive that blessing from our Heavenly Father and have the wonderful opportunity to pass it on. And there are five basic elements of the blessing that combined have tremendous impact. And again, in the book uh, that I just highlighted there, it goes into much more detail. But the brochure, uh, this little pamphlet here, it summarizes using the word BLESS, B-L-E-S-S, -S, as an acronym, summarizes five elements of a blessing. So it says, be committed. Uh, the blessing is not a fleeting moment or mere symbolic event. It includes an active long-term commitment to the child's well-being 
by accepting responsibility to help them become all God intends. So certainly this is geared primarily for parents with children uh, in the home, but uh, this is not limited to that. And as you think about when we do our baptism service, uh, like we did at Arrowhead in August, uh, you all, as a part of the church body, are committing to come alongside that person who is baptized. Or when we do child uh, and family like dedications, when a, when a baby is born, we dedicate them to the Lord. And the family says, I want to raise this child to know and love and follow God, and I want your help. We as a church have a response to that. And you often will respond by saying, we do. You remember that? You say, we do. We are committing as a church to come alongside families, even if you don't have children of your own, to be a part of this. And so this isn't just for nuclear families with kids at home. So keep that in mind as we go through this. Uh, you also can be a part of this, regardless of what age or stage of life that you are at, to help um, in be, make that commitment to come alongside them. So be committed, uh, not just as a parent, but as a church family. L is for lovingly touch. So the power of a hug or placing your hand on your child while affirming him or her creates an important physical connection. It communicates warmth, acceptance, and relational health. Obviously, there's a place for discipline in the home. Uh, we believe that, but hopefully that's not um, the only time there may be physical touch happening in the, in the home, um, right? That there is loving touch that's a regular part of what we do. And, and as we speak these words of blessing over them, that loving, gentle, appropriate touch. The E is for expressing value. So just like we add value to someone's pocket by handing them a coin, we add to a child's life when we use words that attach high value to them as a person. And again, this is not just for little kids. This is not just for babies and infants and elementary age kids, um, middle schoolers, teenagers. I think this can maybe even have a more significant impact on. And we can bless. It's not, again, I don't think it's even limited to younger, like, like, uh, like minors. Like, I think we can bless one another, too, even as adults. So that's the expressing value. Then the first of the S's is C, potential. So parents uh, best see a child's natural strengths and foresee possibilities for their future. Sometimes, and especially in the moments of chaos and discipline as, as parents, when kids are little and they're disobeying and they're going through the, those stages of, of rebellion or whatever it might be, it's sometimes hard to see the potential in them. But uh, there's a ministry called Connected Families. We actually had them here years ago. Um, Jim and Lynn Jackson out of the Twin Cities. Um, they have some great resources. But they also talk about um, seeing uh, past the misbehavior, to see the potential that your child has. Because a lot of times when our children are misbehaving, um, they call it the gift gone awry. There's actually something in there, and so it may be this strong-willed spirit that we can call out of them and say, you know what, God has wired you with a very strong spirit. Sometimes you may use it for selfish desires, but I see that you have potential to use that and to potentially be a leader, that, that when, when people are saying things that disagree with the word of God, you are a strong-spirited child, and you are going to be able to resist that, and you can speak that word of blessing over them, help them live into that preferred future, and to kind of help them see the way that God has wired them Obviously, you don't just make it up. Like this is like as a, as an adult, you're seeing this in them, um, but sometimes it takes work to see that, uh, and so work at it. And then the last uh, part of it is say it right. An effective blessing must be put into words, whether it's spoken, written, or both. 
And uh, I think written, I, I love words of affirmation. That's my love language, one of my top love languages. And, uh, and so thank you for the pastor appreciation cards that we get as pastors. We, we, we love being a part of this congregation and, and just having those. Sometimes we, we hear more critique than we hear words of encouragement. And so those words of encouragement, I, I often hang on to them. And, and when I am discouraged, I pull them open again. And I reread some of the things that you guys have written to me um, to remind myself that that. I'm appreciated in that, that God, you know, that, that it's, it's being noticed, like the efforts we're making to honor and glorify God through the ministries here. And then so written, and for your kids as well, can be a beautiful thing, something they can hang on to and cherish. Um, I know with my relation with my own dad in college, I started working through some issues and realized I had some dad hurt, some, some dad wounds, they call them. And I had a great relationship overall with my dad, but had some, still had some wounds there. And I started dealing with those in college. And I wrote him a letter because neither of us liked the telephone. And so I wrote him a letter, and he wrote me a letter back. And I remember hanging on to that letter for a very long time. And I don't know how many times I reread that and probably kept you know, crying every time I read it because I, I needed those words. And, and written, it can be very powerful in that way. Way, um, but spoken as well. So uh, simply being present is not enough to communicate the blessing. Words of affirmation are necessary for the child to know he or she is appreciated and accepted. So that's a resource we want to give you as you think about this, but we also want to do something tangibly with this today as we um, kind of wrap things up a little bit before we close in a, in a, in a few songs. Um, you know, they, the second side of this, it also talks about who can give it. And this is a reminder, as I said earlier, it's for everybody, not just for nuclear families, not just for parents. Um, but if you're involved in kids' ministry, if you're involved in youth ministry, think about incorporating this into a regular rhythm of what you're doing. You know, I, I can just imagine in, in kids' ministry, at the end of Sunday school, as the kids are leaving, that a, a, the, the room leader, the teacher, maybe decides to pronounce a blessing over you. Um, in, in one of the other resources that we have as a part of the full kit that comes with this, there's a, little, there's a booklet that we have that actually has a number of sample blessings in them that are straight from Scripture that you can just read and pronounce over. And so we're actually going to do that today as well. Um, I was going to mention just the last thing is that it says you can do this on the go along the way. It says on the way driving to school, tucking them into bed, celebrating an accomplishment or a good effort, or writing a note to place in, in their lunch uh, you know, those are different ideas they have on how we can pronounce blessings um, or doing a, a bedtime blessing prayer. And I think many of you as parents have a habit of doing that, and that's a beautiful thing. But to, to think about how can I incorporate a particular prayer, how can I think about the B-L-E-S-S and actually, like, lay a hand on, on your child as you pronounce this, as you speak about what you envision for their future, what you pray and hope um, will be their future as they follow after the Lord. Um, and so what we're going to do, um, Cody, you can go ahead and, and Aaron, maybe if you can help slide that. I'm going to ask all of the, if you're basically like high school or younger, <laughs> you're going to come up in here and then everybody else who wants to, not everybody has to come up, but any, anybody and everybody who wants to can come up and gather around them. And I'm going to have three of you, um, I'll hand you the mic if you're willing. I've got a uh, couple uh, sheets of paper where you're just going to read the, on the sheet that I give you, read what I have circled as a blessing. You're going to pray this blessing over them, and then uh, everybody can have a seat again, and we'll sing a couple more songs. So I invite everybody up, any, uh, anyone who's 18 or younger or high school or younger, come on up right here in the middle, and then others can come up, any, any adults uh, that, that want to join in this, um, come up around, and uh, we're just going to practice um, so yeah, right, right here in the, in the, right there is perfect. 
Wonderful. Yes, look at this. Sometimes uh, these younger people sneak in, and we don't always notice. You know, sometimes like, oh, there's not a lot of kids in service. There's some kids in service. There's some young adults in service. So, uh, Kevin, would you be willing to do one of these? Um, no, you don't want Kevin to do one of these? No, he's not allowed. Bob, how about you? I got one, one more. I have another uh, adult that would be uh, willing to, to do one of these. Suzette, would you be willing to? All right, so I've got it. The one for you is the one that's highlighted, circled. Uh, if you want to, uh, any of the adults that want to just kind of lay a hand gently on the shoulder um, or a head or whatever, don't mess up their cool hairdos, though. Um, those are important. We'll start with Suzette, and then I'll pass, we'll pass the mic along. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll just practice praying a prayer of blessing over all of you. May the Lord our God be with you as he has been with me. May he never leave you or forsake you. May he incline your heart toward him and cause you to walk in all his ways. Day and night, may your prayers be near to him. May the Lord maintain your cause and cause all of his people so that you and all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is none other. May, be, may you be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him in all respects. May you bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. May the Lord strengthen you with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And may you give to the Father... Give thanks to the Father, who qualifies us to share in the inheritance of, of the saints in light forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and give you the courage not to walk in the counsel of the wicked, the faith not to stand in the way of the sinners, and resolve not, not to sit at the seat of the scoffers, May your delight be in the law of the Lord, that you might meditate on, the, on it day and night. May you be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaves, uh, leaf does not wither. May the Lord prosper all that you do for his glory and watch over you, uh, over your way, so that you will stand in the judgment and join in the congregation of the righteous forever. Amen. Thank you so much. Before we go this morning, let me leave you with a benediction as you go out and enjoy some fellowship with your fellow believers. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen? Amen. Enjoy the sunshine today. Go in peace. Lord bless you.